0: Recording live from an undisclosed location, we present to you the Locker Room Guys podcast. Here's your hosts, Lee Schechter and Doug Moore.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Locker Room Guys. We are on episode number Sweet Sixteen. Uh, We are recording on October 12th, a couple days before the Patriots go up against the Jets in a Week 6 matchup. Uh, My name is Doug Moore, and as always, I'm joined by my partner, Lee Schechter. We took a little bit of a hiatus last week because of the Thursday night game. It was kind of tough recording. We usually like to record on Thursday nights, so it was a little tough for us to try and get that in. But uh, we are back again for Week 6 to talk about, hopefully, plenty of football for everybody. Lee, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. I've had a busy week of work, and, you know, we had that Thursday game, so that hiatus was a little nice, I will say, so I was able to get some other stuff done, but it's always great to be back talking about the Patriots.
1: Yeah, so I do have to ask first, and we're a little off topic here, but I'm going to do it because I want to. You behind you are holding up, or at least your wall is holding up the Michigan <laughs> flag. I wanted to get your thoughts on Michigan. And No um, comment. No comment. All right. Well, you've heard it here. <laughs> um,
0: uh, I'm hurt inside. I'm hurt inside, but the flag will never come down.
1: <laughs> as everybody should know, Lee is a diehard Michigan fan. He's a Michigan alum as well, and he's from Michigan, partly. So.
0: Yeah, half yeah. from Michigan.
1: So I, I believe he has a pedestal or an, uh, an idol of Jim Harbaugh somewhere in his apartment. Correct, so, correct. Um, but moving into the Patriots, and I'm sure everybody knows by now the Patriots squeaked out. I think squeaked out is the right term. A victory against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last Thursday, 19 to 14, I believe it was, and, and very. I don't even think they hit the spread. Um, I'd be surprised if they did. I'm not did a bet. I wouldn't know. But we won't talk too much about it. But I think it's safe to say was not their most convincing victory uh, of the season. And as Lee and I have said off camera before this, they should have lost. They should have lost Nick Folk. Maybe he was a sleeper cell. Who knows? He was activated before the game, or the Patriots, but he was the one who won it for them theoretically. So, moving into that, we're going into Week Six against the Jets, who were also three and two, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh, you're not uh, mistaken. They're the division and, leaders. And well, no, I think Bob— Oh, the Bills. The Bills are technically higher.
1: They're tied for, for yes. first in the division. Uh, with the same record overall at 3-2 and two with the Bills, the Jets, and the Patriots. One of those teams, even two of those teams, don't belong. And I can tell you it's not the Patriots. Um, so it's very surprising you see it so far. But the Patriots are going up against the Jets, who I thought were going to lose every game this season. And they have surprised me. I don't know if it's a Todd Bowles thing. I don't know if Josh McCown is doing a little bit more than expected. But I think this is going to be a tougher matchup, as a division round for the Patriots always is. But before we get more into the matchup itself, let's talk about some of the things that have really stood out for the Patriots because I think it's fair to say they have not looked anything close to what they were expected to do or to be this season. I think it's fair to say, and we'll talk about the defense, even though they had a better matchup or a better uh, uh, performance last week, this offensive line is really sticking out for me. And it's heartbreaking because – they looked so good last year. Um, they haven't missed a game. None of them have. Actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I think I'm mistaken. I think Nate Soldier missed a game. Um, but still, but still, this offensive line has given up the same amount of sacks uh, so far through five games as they did all of last season. Um, and really, there's been no way that has stood out for them. Lee, let's. I, I, there's more to cover with the negative, so let's start with that. Is there one particular person or one particular player that really surprises you is how they perform so far.
0: The easy answer is obviously Nate Solder right now. He could not have possibly regressed as much as he did from last year to this year. He was very good last year. Nate Solder is one of those guys that I always say we put him under a microscope because he plays left tackle. So every time he makes a mistake, it's like the whole sky is falling. But Nate Solder has been, if not a top five tackling league, because I think that's being pretty nice. Although at times he's played very, very well. He's right near that top 10. He's a very good left tackle. And this year, he just doesn't have it. And we've found out that he has injuries, stuff going on. And I'm wondering if because he missed a lot of the preseason, he just has not really gotten into a form or a healthy form yet that looks good out there on the field. He looks uncomfortable. He's getting beat by guys uh, with speed rushes, with power rushes. Moves are beating him. So it's easily Nate Solder that's just it's shocking because – He's not that old. He's been such a stalwart on this offensive line that I think it's probably surprising the Patriots that he struggled this much too.
1: I will point out, and I'm not sure how fair it is to, to use this. I'm just going to point it out as, as just pure fact and, and leave nothing as speculation. Um, this is the second week in a row he's missed a practice day due to a non-injury-related issue. I, I don't know what it is. We know he's had issues in the past with his health, um, even though they're saying it's non-injury related. A lot of people have speculated that it could be something around, not me, but other people have speculated, and hopefully this isn't the case, but it has something to do with his son, who we know that dealt with a lot of health issues. Mm -hmm. Um, He's missed uh, two weeks. Uh, He's missed a day of, of, of practice both of those weeks. He did return today. He was listed as a full participant. Uh, We're recording on Thursday, but I don't know. He's in a contract year. Players usually step up. I think he came into this year before all these injuries, not having any lingering issues coming into it. And he just hasn't looked like the player that we saw out of him last year, Um, like you said. And And, And
0: it's rare to see the Patriots. We're used to seeing them take a little bit of time to get going. Three weeks, four weeks. We're starting to creep into that halfway point of the season's going to be upon us fairly soon, and that's when you start thinking to yourselves, okay, what's this team going to do now?
1: Yeah, and I think it's fair to say this team is not the best team in the AFC right now. No, they're On not. Paper, they might be. On paper, they should be. And they might not. very well
0: they, – they could very well be the best team in the AFC. Still. But they're not playing like it. But they're not playing like it at all. No, they still have all the potential. They Their highest potential is still better than the Chiefs. It's better than a healthy Raiders team. We all know why the Patriots were picked all year long to win another Super Bowl. They're just nowhere
1: near that right now. Well, I think it's fair to say that they, they have dealt with some injuries. Um, you know, Edelman was lost for the season before it even started. Bronk has dealt with a groin issue, a thigh issue. He's coming off of back surgery. But, you know, and, and also, you know, you have a guy like Stefan Gilmore, who we'll talk about a little bit later, but – New player, seemed to not understand the scheme fit very well, who really stood out as somebody who was struggling. But, yeah, this team is just – they have not hit anywhere close to their potential. And
0: It starts on the O-line, though. I mean, like that's why we wanted to talk about it. It starts on the O-line. Brady's getting hit too much. Uh, We've seen some – Doug and I were talking before. We started recording that the amount of time Brady's holding the ball could be a factor going in right now. Uh, Doug Kine had written about that in in addition to – uh, those things. I just want to like bring back the Bucs game. Like the Bucks do not have a terrible defensive line, but they had one sack going into this, and then it's up. Oh, the Patriots come up and they got this juicy matchup, and Brady's getting hit left and right. And the last thing you want to see is Brady banged up.
1: Yeah, and the thing is too. Why I thought this is going to be such an easy matchup. This would be these, this 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 game that gets them going is because they're without arguably two of their three best players, if not their best two, in Quan uh, Alexander and Levante David. They both didn't play, and they also were out without two of their starting safeties. And so, they got to
0: go against Vernon Hargreaves, who, in my opinion, stinks. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I have to get my jab in right there.
1: No, no, that's, that's fair. I mean, he hasn't turned out the way he was after I think he was ninth overall last year. But, you know, th- this team that they faced, this shouldn't have been a five-point game that theoretically they they should have they, they should have lost. This was supposed to be the game that gets them going. It was, and it wasn't, and it doesn't get any easier this week. And it's tough to say that with them going against the Jets. But, you know, we talked about the O-line, and I'll, we'll definitely talk about the Jets a little bit later. But I got to think, and, and this has made some headlines this week just because of the, you know, how much of this move it was praised over the offseason when it happened. Dwayne Allen has seemed to be very uncomfortable with his, his role right now. I think, I, as I pointed out to you before we went on camera, Funny enough, Dwayne Allen was actually the first player targeted all season in week one. Uh, he almost had a big big catch, uh, but he actually has no receptions uh, so far this season. And that was without Gronk last week, and I think he missed another game as well, if I'm not mistaken. So it's really, really surprising to see Dwayne Allen, who was this big acquisition for them. I think they gave up a fourth-round pick for him or a fifth-round pick, which in, in in Patriots value is like gold. And he hasn't done what he was brought in to do. And he's even – he's gotten to the point where he's he's vocalized it, which you don't ever hear the Patriots talk about frustration. You'd Unless you're stop. Cyrus Jones. <laughs> yeah, or you get released like Reggie Wayne. You don't yeah. hear about players from the Patriots talking about frustration like that, where there's something going wrong. It's been a constant with the Patriots that they do well and everybody's happy. And you have this guy who's upset with his role or what he's done – and it's it's fair to say yeah he's been a he has done nothing for this team really statistically he may be a blocker but he wasn't brought in to be a blocker as i said to you off camera i feel like we see a lot of things off camera but <laughs> going to bring it on camera this guy a few years ago was one of the top red zone threats in the league not just in tight end position but in the league in general
0: regarded as one of the more complete high potential tight ends in the league i i used to go on a radio an ESPN radio station down in the Carolinas, which is where Dwayne Allen's from. He was from the same town as this radio station. And guy who I would go on a show loved Dwayne Allen because he was this complete all-around player. We always thought, oh, like he finally made it the Patriots now. Oh, he's gonna get used so well there. You know, this is a guy he is Patriots football. He blocks. He can, you know, make plays in the passing game easily. He's a red zone target. And we've seen absolutely none of that.
1: Yeah, and the biggest concern I think coming into the season for Dwayne Allen was his health. He had struggled just like Bronk to stay healthy, and he's been healthy. I don't think he's actually been on the injury report yet. And if no. he has, it hasn't been that often. Yeah, but- this isn't
0: Martellus like last year. Martellus was banged up a lot of the year. And we saw those numbers fluctuate of, you know, three touchdown week and then doing nothing. It was because he was banged up all season long, especially towards the, the latter half of the year. Dwayne Allen's healthy.
1: Yeah, and this has been, besides, and, and we thought, I think you and I have said this you know, before the season started, Dwayne Allen could be the best number two tight end that they've had in quite some time, even better than Martellus.
0: Um, oh, absolutely.
1: But he hasn't been. Martellus, with one leg, because he hurt his ankle and he kept hurting it more and more as the season went on, did a lot more for this team. And granted, he was asked to step up because the Patriots lost Gronk about halfway through the season, um, even though he was already hurt beforehand anyway. Um, he did a lot which, more for this team than who, Dwayne Allen has done. Which
0: you would have thought with Gronk being out on Thursday that Dwayne Allen would find somebody. I had buddies hitting me up on uh, Twitter messaging me being like, oh, should I pick up Dwayne Allen this week for this matchup? And I was like, uh, hell no, I wouldn't do that. The guy hasn't caught a pass this year. And lo and behold, didn't get the chance. Hollister was in there too.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is too that the, the injuries that the Buccaneers had were the guys that you would normally see covering tight ends when they go up for passes, linebackers and safeties. They that's where their biggest uh, injury bug was at. Was that linebacker and safety? Juicy matchup for Allen, who was going to be that number one guy for them. And uh, Danny Amendola was coming back from injury, or maybe he did it the week before. But regardless, and he didn't do anything. Granted, that's what we've seen all season. If there's one thing he's been consistent at, it's not doing anything in the passing game. And it's tough because. He has a huge contract. Uh, there was high hopes for him, and I know I, I remember reading when we when he first came in, he struggled a little bit. He struggled in training camp. I'm um, going mean, he didn't do much better in the in the preseason. But there's just never been there's never been that time where he's actually gotten better. I mean, I think he's been on the field quite a bit because the Patriots love using tight ends. Um, you know, whether it's blocking or just as decoys. But it's tough. It's it's tough, and I have to wonder whether this guy even makes it the season. Because so I have to
0: ask you, Doug. They, they bring in Will Ty on the practice squad. Dwayne Allen has this decently large contract. I mean, he's making what two point five. This is his, so his cash hit, his cap hit this year is just under five. Next year it is five mil. And the year after it is seven point four mil. He doesn't hit unrestricted free agency until twenty twenty. Is he in danger of being moved on? Can you get anything for him right now given the fact that he's done nothing? And who's in more danger right now of being moved, Dwayne Allen or Hollister being booted for Ty?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know because Hollister has – I think Hollister can provide something in the pass game as a receiver. We saw that in the preseason, and that's the preseason. It's a whole different animal. But he just doesn't block as much as he needs to be. And the Patriots need guys who can block. That's it's almost it's almost a, a prerequisite to be a Patriots tight end is to be able to block and pull a block almost proficiently, and he hasn't. He can't do that. He's an undrafted rookie, so obviously there are going to be flaws to his game. I think of him as more of like a move tight end. I don't think of him as a guy who's going to line up on the line of scrimmage and block for you on first and second down, and be a guy who you know is going to be on the short routes on third down. He's a guy who can stretch the field. I think when he's used to. Pro not to say they haven't, but he he can't be used like that because the Patriots require more out of every player at uh, every position than I think any other team does. And we both Dwayne Allen and Jacob Hollister have different deficiencies that are both hindering them from making a you know a an impact on this team. So I would have to say I don't even know because Dwayne Allen, you can't get much worse than what he's done. I mean. If we're talking about somebody who gets moved this season, I might say Hollister because it's easier to move on from him. If we're talking the offseason, I think it's Allen. There could be a team that takes Allen on a flyer for a seventh-round pick that needs a tight end. Who knows?
0: Don't expect a big return for Allen if he does get moved as the trade deadline approaches because that contract is a big deal for a team to take on.
1: And that's why the Patriots only gave him a fifth round, or fourth or fifth-round pick for him. Because mm-hmm. that contract is a lot of money, and clearly the team was interested in moving on from him when Jack Doyle stepped up. So they didn't have much loyalty to him, um, you know, even though they let Kobe Fleener walk. But, yeah, I, I think if he gets moved, it's a conditional six or conditional seven. But, yeah, I, I, I don't like his odds with this team. He's, he's speaking out you know, and, and saying he's upset. That's a no-no in New England from this coaching staff in front office. And he's done virtually nothing. Uh, despite being active for every game. So it'll be tough, but let's, we talked enough about the offense. Let's, um, I want to get your take on this because I know you, you're quite verbal on this. I know you have a lot to think about or say about it, but Stefan Gilmore, big free agent acquisition of the off season. Certainly has not played like it, at least the first four weeks of the season might have seen a little improvement in week five. That's not to say much. It's not hard to improve on what he, he had been doing so far, but what do you think of Gilmore uh, after you know, what you saw on Thursday when they went up against Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans? Uh, you know, what do you think of him? What, do you think he improved at all? Was there anything that stood out for you?
0: I think we're seeing some promise now from him. We're seeing a guy who's becoming a little more comfortable. At the end of the day, what I said when we recorded a few weeks ago was that I think that this team had a communication issue all along. Even though there weren't a ton of new guys in there, obviously it was just Gilmore – but communication is just a big deal in that secondary. And that's what was going on. And Gilmore, like we saw in, in press coverage, his numbers were actually like really, really great. In one-on-one press coverage, I mean, he was averaging like very few yards per route, uh, per pro football focus. I wish I had the stats up right now. They're a little tough for me to find. So he was good in those scenarios, but he was, there, there was blown coverage. So it's like, well, how do you even like really judge how great he is right now? Well, you saw those blown coverages come way down. We didn't see anything like that. And you're seeing how good Gilmore can be as this physical press physical press corner. Now the one thing that hurt them is obviously the penalties. The hands to the face. Kind of felt like Brandon Browner out there if I'm gonna have yep. to knock on Gilmore right now. And Brandon, Brandon Browner was a, a piece of work when it came to uh, all those penalties. And I love Brandon, Brandon Browner as a uh, as a guy to talk to in the locker room. He was hilarious. And then on top of that, just as a player, he brought a physical presence, and that's what Gilmore does for you. Gilmore's not the, uh, the flag-happy guy who's going to get that all the time, and one of those calls was a little bit of a, of a, a ticky-tack call, I would say, where his hand just kind of crept up a little bit. But you need to be careful out there, so I want to see him be a little more careful, careful with the penalties. We all know the rules of this league. We all know that referees are ready to pull the flag out right away, but we saw a lot of promise from
1: Gilmore. Yeah, compared to what we saw the first four weeks, yeah, this this has easily been his best game of the season. Like you said, penalties a little surprised. Um, I was doing a penalty counter uh, starting in the second half, and they had over ten penalties. I believe it was yeah so uncharacteristic of this team. But if it's fair to say, this pass defense did not lose them. The, did not almost lose them the game. If anything, besides Brady and the passing offense, their pass defense was probably the second best part of this team in that game. The defense had some trouble stopping a guy in Doug Martin who was just coming off suspension, but the, the past team, they kept Mike Evans in check. Deshaun Jackson didn't really stand out. Jameis Winston really didn't have that strong of a game, which he can be very, very hot and cold. He struggled against the the, the Patriots defense who had given up the most points and. I think almost most yards in, in you know the early part of the season. So Gilmore, along with the rest of the secondary, I think did well. I will point out real quick, and I think it's funny to point out. Last season, I remember there was such a big fuss over Logan Ryan. He had a lot of tackles. He was actually a tackle leader for quite some time. Yeah, for a few um, weeks. Yeah, and that's rare for a defensive back. Usually linebackers are given that that uh, title, but um, it meant he was getting cut. He was getting targeted a lot. And so far. If I'm not mistaken, Devin McCourty is at the top or very near the top, and he addressed that yesterday, I believe. I think he has 42 tackles on the season, which is over eight, you know, eight per week, which is quite a few. So it shows that the Patriots are are dealing with people trying to exploit this pass defense. So if they can really get it on lockdown, I think that they have a chance to To really reduce the number of points that they're giving up, which it will happen. It's just a matter of time. And this weekend's a perfect weekend for it, considering what the Jets have on offense. Um, but yeah, let's,
0: it, let's do it. Let's talk Jets then. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, what the hell is going on? They're
1: three and two. I thought the Jets had a worse team than 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 the Browns.
0: Um. I did too. I thought the Browns. I had the Browns winning about three games this year, and I had the Jets honestly at one. And I gave them one as like a pity thing. I really thought they could have been an 0 16 team.
1: Yeah, and, and it, I think it's even more weird that yeah they won a few games, but they're above 500 and they're I think they're considered a wild card team right now based off of just pure standings at least. Um, so
0: how many win Okay, before we jump into this whole thing though. They're at three wins right now. I mean, how many wins did they actually finish the year with?
1: I obviously don't think they're going to stay five hundred. No, I don't think they lose, you know, ten. So I think I'm going to be pretty confident, and I think this might even be too nice. I say seven and nine.
0: Wow. Okay. I, I was going to say I think they're. I think six and ten is fair to say right now. I just. I, I mean, I'm not even looking at their schedule or anything. I just. Think that yeah. I'm not looking
1: schedule. I'm just basing it off. Of, yeah, I think they're going to win a few more games that people expect them not to. But I don't think in the end they're going to be able to to compete for something like that. But this Jets team, I am and, and granted, I don't really follow the Jets that much. But it's surprising because this team has gone through so much. You know, they lost Brandon Marshall to free agency, or they released him. They released Eric Decker. They lost um, Quincy Anuma neck injury. They their offensive line was not supposed to be that good, if not the worst in the league. Uh, their run game, there was some hope there with Bilal Powell, who really has not stepped up that much. And my boy Elijah McGuire had a McGuire yeah. had a good game last week.
0: I was going to bring him up. So, my question first: Let's let's start with the Jets' offense. Do they have any chance of putting up points on this Patriots defense, or is this the or is this the week the Patriots pass defense steps up? Because we know McCown's completing a lot of passes right now. I mean his percentage is incredible because they're doing these very short calculated plays and they're you know obviously they don't have a lot of talent wide receiver but they're just doing smart calculated route running easy plays make it easy for McCown simplify the whole thing is this the week the Patriots can now take advantage of that and get this pass defense really going
1: it's tough for me to say because anytime time the Patriots play a division rival, it never goes how you hope it's going to. <laughs> I think you up on that. They do win, but it's never going to be that cut and dry blowout. If you look at, unless it's the
0: Bills, day, unless it's the Bills, they they sometimes do that.
1: Yeah, but the Bills are also three and two. That's another. story. Well, they, are,
0: they are. They are. We'll get to that. I'm just saying, wow. if there's one division rival that they beat up on, it's the Bills.
1: Yeah, but it's tough because I think they really have a few guys that can make some noise. Not to say they're superstars or anything like that. McGuire, you know, Bilal Powell doesn't look like he's going to play this week. He's been a a, non, a non-participant the first two days of practice. Uh, Matt Forte may come back, um, you know, and he's – you never know. He could go off of 50 yards receiving, which at his stage in his career is probably a lot. But McGuire, I think, is a guy who could really get some work in this game. We've seen the Patriots struggle against just running backs in general. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, especially a young, fast guy who's – Known for his receiving ability, he was arguably the best receiving uh, running back in this draft class. But I just there's a couple guys in this team I actually like, and they've stepped up. That's Jermaine Curse. Yep. Who I had hoped I think he was up for free agency last year. He was a guy I was hoping the Patriots would go after before they went after Chris Hogan. And I can't believe I'm saying this, Austin Severian Jenkins. Yeah, I was going to bring him up. I think he's a bit of a threat. He he obviously very talented when he came into the league. He was only a second round pick because of his character issues. Which um, kind of limited him. <laughs> yeah. I mean severely. But um it granted to- he sat out the first two games of the season for suspension. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he this was the perfect spot for him in regards to getting an opportunity just because they need people to step up there, playmaker wise. And he had a touchdown last week, you know, and I think he's I think he's their number two non running back threat, and that's probably saying a lot, but uh, or that's not really you know, saying a lot, I guess. But he's a guy who I think could really step up, be a red zone threat. Very talented. He's still pretty young, too. So he'll be a guy to watch out for. But McCown has been very quick to throw the ball, like you said, design quick passes. And, yeah, I, I, I don't think this Jess team is a pushover. I don't think they're a serious threat to make the playoffs or anything like that. But they're certainly not a team that's going to lie down, especially against a division rival, where if they win that game – with the Bills on bye, if the Jets win that game, they would be the division leaders. Yeah, who would have, who would have thought it? It's, it's,
0: it's wild. So- and one thing I just want to touch on with the Jets, just so we hit the uh, hit the Jets defense before we go into our uh, weekly predictions, which we've been so great with this so far this Very year. Accurate. Is is Jamal Adams and Marcus May might be two of the most fun. Safeties, young safeties to watch in this league, and they happen to be together on the same team. I thought Jamal Adams was the best player coming out of last year's draft. I absolutely loved the guy. I thought there was a case for him to be like the number one overall pick. Like I thought he was that big of a there, game was. changer on defense. I mean, I still stand by it. He is a major reason why this Jets defense has energy and life and is enjoying playing together and stuff. And the reason why they've been nowhere near as bad as we thought they'd be after they made moves to get rid of guys. They do pose a threat to the Patriots a bit. I mean, the Patriots want to push the ball down the field. If Jamal Adams is going to thump you or if Marcus May is going to have coverage, and he'll thump you too, uh, that's you know something that you got to keep an eye on with the Patriots right now because they are trying to push the ball down the field a bit. So Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, those are the two guys I'm worried about besides Leonard Williams. Um, always, always Leonard for all, Williams. For all the hype around Adams, which is well-deserved, Marcus May has been as equally, if not more impressive.
0: Totally um, agree.
1: For, I guess, sort of the afterthought, uh, being the second safety take in the third
0: round. He was a steal, though. Loved that pick at the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they have a lot of building blocks, but those two guys seem to be extremely core team players for them uh, going forward. And even as a as rookies, they've, they've stepped up. And, and, you know, with the, how this Patriots team is playing – I wouldn't be surprised if they try to unleash Leonard Williams and and just try to make him go after you know Brady. Um, Brady's hurt, taking longer to throw. This offensive line is not done nearly as well as people had hoped. This is not a game that the Patriots I think are going to blow out the Jets by four touchdowns.
0: So what's your prediction then? We've reached right, that okay. time. Let's get All let's right, jump right okay. into it.
1: So just because I'm not so sure about the Patriots going and scoring 35. I'm going to say 27 to 17 New England Patriots.
0: I like it. That's pretty good. I'm going to go with uh, the Patriots will uh, have 24 and I have the Jets at 17. I think it's a pretty similar score to you. I think the Jets can... That's
1: That's only a one score victory.
0: I know that's only a one score victory. It's a road game. I... Haven't seen enough from the Patriots after this many weeks to have a ton of confidence in it. Uh, I, I had going to flash back to when I was uh, with ESPN covering the team. The first four weeks was uh, during, uh, was when they ended up losing to the Chiefs in an infamous game that we all know. And I had to get very conservative with some of my picks because I really thought that it was going to happen. And they, they blew out the Bengals. They started to get better as the year went on. But I learned to be a little more conservative with those picks right now. So I'm going to be conservative right now until I see something really special from the Patriots. And then, then we'll start having fun with those predictions again.
1: Yeah, and, and the Patriots is still one of the most dangerous offenses in the league. But like I said, they didn't, stand, they didn't stand out last week. And I think they're facing, might even be a tougher, when you consider all the injuries that the Buccaneers had, might be a tougher defensive matchup for the Patriots uh, with the Jets. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I still think they win this game. But uh, I would not be surprised if this game is close. I don't think the Jets are gonna, you know, pull off the upset, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if this game is a lot closer than people are hoping. So it's time that- for
0: the Patriots to assert their dominance over the over the division. I guess on that note, we'll wrap up this week. Uh, I'll I'll do the outro here. You guys can you can subscribe to the Locker Room Guys on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow us at Locker Underscore Room Guys. And then, as always, you can follow my man, Doug Moore, at D Moore NFL, And you know me, I'm Lee Schechter on Twitter, at Lee Schechter. And until next time, we are the Locker Room Guys.